0: Everyone, I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That, a podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of HSDT. I am so happy that you're here, that you're tuning in for this very special episode with the founders of Mellie's Monster Cookies. You guys are going to love being introduced to Melissa Blue and Melissa Mihal. But before we dive in, I want to give you all a few updates in regard to HSDT. For those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know I love to do quick updates at the beginning of these episodes. And we also do Friday favorite episodes, which are really fun. And it's a little bit more of a brain dump, to be honest. Sometimes I just talk into the mic and we see where it goes, which you all have enjoyed. I'm sure it's a little nerve wracking for some of my friends and family, but so far, so good. So if you haven't checked out some of those episodes, Episodes, please do so. If you missed out on last week's episode with Sabrina Chazen, I would highly recommend you go and take a listen to that episode. Gosh, we've got episodes with so many people. I, I will say this I'm thrilled. This is a great kind of uh, introduction and teaser here uh, connected to Melly's Monster Cookies and the food element. I'm thrilled to share that we did record an episode with Alex Snodgrass of The Defined Dish, which will be coming out this fall. We've got episodes with Joy. Egretz Reed coming out. Uh, gosh, who else? Who else have we recorded with? Honestly, so many Talitha Phillips, uh, the CEO of Clarice Health here in Los Angeles. I mean, the list goes on and on. And if you haven't listened to some of our previous episodes, if you're new, wow, go back and do so. Paige Adam Keller of Paige Denim joined us, Nicola Bathy of Nicola Bathy Jewelry, uh, Julia Amory. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it's really for me to be able to step back and just see how incredible it's been to continue to grow the podcast and who we've had on, it truly blows me away. Well, if you guys follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers, you may have noticed that my husband Luke and I were in Mexico for the past weekend. I hope that you all had a great Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoyed some fun in the sun like we did. Again, you can see more over at Emily Landers and of course the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Well, over the weekend, we launched something that I'm really excited about that I just wanted to touch on briefly. We are excited to share, after much thought, that we will be introducing Emily's Edit. Emily's Edit is a collection by How'd She Do That, delivering edits with ready-to-shop links for everyday pieces for your wardrobe, home interiors, accessories, and more. You guys can check it out over on Instagram and on the website. More details to come. Thank you again for your support. Well, here is longtime Best Friends and Bakers, Melissa and Melissa on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Melissa Blue and Melissa Mihal, are the creators and founders of Melly's Monster Cookies. They have been friends and bakers for over 30 years, and their aha moment was triggered when a close family member developed a gluten intolerance, while Baking Monster Cookies, a family recipe, passed down from generation to generation, it dawned on them that this delicious cookie was naturally gluten-free. Realizing this and knowing how awesome they were was the catalyst to share Melly's Monster Cookies with the world. They are moms who put a premium on caring for their families and others, and they are delighted to share this deliciously awesome, better-for-you cookie containing no gluten substitutes. Forbes and Business Insider have even highlighted their cookies amongst other impressive publications. When they aren't cooking up something sweet, overseeing customer orders, or dreaming up a new recipe, they are likely enjoying time with their families and friends in Texas. Melissa and Melissa, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you, Emily. We are so excited to be here today. Well, I have been so looking forward to this conversation, and I have to let you guys in on a little inside scoop. You both were so kind to send me some cookies to try, and we had one box that we totally ate as dough, and then we cooked another one.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. The dough is always a good part, for sure.
0: <laughs> so I just have to admit that I'm not one to uh, stray away from the dough, and it was delicious. So to be able to have you both on to talk a little bit more about this, I am so excited about this conversation, and I know that my listeners are too, so let's dive in. I'd love to hear more about you both. Maybe you guys give me a little intro. Tell me a little bit about yourselves, perhaps where you're from originally, and then we'll dive into where you went to school and, and whatnot
1: there. Well, this is Melissa Blue. I currently live in Austin, Texas. I have three boys, um, teenagers and a, one preteen, and I grew up in Waco, Texas with Melissa Mihall, and I'll let her share a little bit about herself.
0: Ugh.
2: Yes, so I'm Melissa Mihal, and um, I grew up in Waco um, with Melissa Blue, and we've been best friends since we were eight years old, um, met in the second grade, but um, actually, and I'll tell more later, but um, we we were kind of destined to be friends from our families being lifelong friends, but um, I live in Fort Worth,
0: Texas now, and I have three children also. Oh my gosh. Well, this is going to be so fun to kind of unpack the history of you two as well. Perhaps share a little bit. Where did you guys go to school and what did you both major in? Uh, well, I we both
2: went to the University of Texas um, in Austin and we both have undergrad business degrees. And then um, after undergrad, I went on to law school at SMU and um, practiced law for over 10 years.
1: Yeah. And I went to business school as well with Melissa, and then I went on to get a gemology degree and had a jewelry company for a number of years before starting Melly's.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So there is an attorney on the call. We have a jewelry designer, but then at some point we come together with, with all that you've done with, with your current business. So tell us a little bit about, gosh, yeah, that post season, that post grad season of life that you both were stepping into different entities. What was it originally that you both thought you might do with these given degrees? I mean, Melissa, were you always thinking about being an attorney? And then Melissa, did you always want to step into design? What was the idea in school that you both were thinking about doing next?
2: Well, I had always, and, and this is true for Melissa Blue, too, but we both have fathers who are attorneys that actually were in law school together.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um,
2: and I always knew I was going to go to law school, but I didn't really know my timing. And Melissa and I were talking about this this week. I, Out of undergrad business school, I was um, recruited to go work for Waterhouse coopers to do management consulting and mm-hmm. i was excited to go do something different and travel a bit um after undergrad but um that was the summer or the fall that september 11th happened mm. and they um cut our whole class they didn't bring us on we all got you know our signing bonuses that summer and moved to where we were going to start and then we got the call um that they were, they were not picking up our class. So um, it was very disappointing because I, you know, had worked hard in undergrad and been, had several job offers kind of around um, the country and then had chosen this one. And then for it not to happen was really disappointing. Um, But I always knew I was going to go to law school. And so I took another job trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then immediately was like, no, no, no. Like I'm just, I took the LSAT (laughs) in December and got into SMU that January and was off to the races with that. And then I practiced um, transactional law for um, over 10 years with you know, just a big firm in Dallas and loved, loved doing that. But I, I started to kind of cut back on it and go part-time when I started having children. So that's kind of when the transition of, um, of Mellie's kind of came into my life.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, being an undergrad in business, I honestly wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do, but I always, oh, this is so random, but I had a rock collection my whole life. I love jewelry. She I love gems.
2: really did. <laughs> I, I reminded her of this. I was like, do you remember all those rocks? I mean, no wonder you wanted to go to gemology school. I mean, when we were little, she would just have her, her shelves lined with you know geodes and all sorts of things.
1: Oh. Yeah. So I um I worked for a jewel, jeweler in Austin while I was in school, and I really enjoyed it. So, But when I, I got married right out of college and moved to California and worked actually at a middle market investment bank, and I was telling Melissa, I really think that shaped me more than I thought it had because my favorite day of the week when I was working there was the deal flow day, and all the bankers would come in, uh-huh. and we'd have a big meeting about all the all the companies and it was middle market. So it was like companies one to $10 million. So it wasn't, you know, huge corporations. And I loved it because they would give the background on the founders, what they were doing, why it was innovative, you know, and talk about all their financials. And it was just fascinating to me. Um, Mm -hmm. so anyway, that was my first year out of college. And then I went to gemology school and started my own company. But I think that kind of sparked a lot of entrepreneurial interest Mm. in me, um, working at that firm.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it's so fun to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes as to what you guys were up to. And it's such an encouragement to me, even as we're diving in, just knowing that you both are mothers of three, both of you have three kiddos and to think about stepping out and kind of pursuing that passion right out of school. It's like, okay, these are the things that I want to step into. And then both of you to have had successful careers before coming together in this entrepreneurial endeavor. And Melissa, you mentioned, mentioned that there was kind of a season of transition where it's like, okay, what does it look like? And perhaps you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but to be a mom and to work and to have something creative and and fun to do, and gosh, with your best friend from life. So maybe let's dive in. I'm so excited to hear about Melly's and all that you guys have done. But tell us a little bit about that early season. I mean, you guys have kept up with each other for years, right? I mean, best friends for years. When was there an idea of like, hey, maybe we could actually work together and start something?
1: Yeah. um, This is Melissa Blue. We Like Melissa said, I mean, we kind of gave a little background, but we really have been best friends since we were eight years old. And so, you know, the family recipe came from my mother-in-law and she gave it to me on my wedding day many, many years ago to pass on the tradition of monster cookies. And so I think that, you know, living in Austin and having three children, I really was a full time, full time stay at home mom Mm -hmm. for about five years And my niece is the one who came down with a gluten intolerance. And so I watched my sister drive back and forth from Waco to Austin, trying to find good treats for her to eat. Mm. And so I kind of watched her struggle for a whole year and realized one day making the monster cookies, I got really excited and said, these cookies have no flour or wheat. You can make them. You can freeze them. They're fantastic. Everybody loves them. So I got really excited about it. And, you know, living in Austin, there's such an amazing CPG, you know, consumer product good network here. Mm. I just kind of started talking to a few people and learning about the business. And, you know, along the way, I had been talking to Melissa about it as well. And finally called her a few months in. So, I mean, I mean, basically the very beginning and said, Hey, I really want to do this. Everyone's telling me I need a business partner and I can't think of a better Melissa to join me. And um, <laughs> thankfully she said, yes. So it was really exciting. And that's yeah. really where we launched Melly's.
2: Yeah. She, yeah, she, I knew just cause we're best friends, we'd been talking and she was thinking about it. And like, I, I mean, I vividly remember talking to her, she was driving down to who would be actually become our manufacturer in Fredericksburg and thinking, Oh, well, that sounds cool. And then literally weeks later, she called me and said, I really, really do want to do this. And I need, I really do need a partner. And I said, okay, well at that time I was part-time with my firm. And um, I, even, you know, I think at the root of it all, when I think back to it is we'd had so many fun adventures throughout our lives and we both are, really hard workers and good teammates. And it was like, I knew what I was getting into because I knew Melissa and her foundation and her work ethic and was like, well, I, you know, I want to come along on the adventure too. So, um, it was fun. So yeah, then we drew up an LLC and we launched, um, you know, it started as Melissa's monster cookies and became Melly's,
0: um, very quickly after soon. Oh, well, I, I love the name. It's so cute too. But what year is this? You guys? 2013. Well,
2: well, we went on to store, store, store shelves in 2013. So it was in 2012 when we talked about it. And um, it's always memorable for me. I had my last baby that that year um, that we um, launched Mally's too. Oh, <laughs>
0: so. my God. Gosh, it, this is so fun. I'm I'm so excited to dive in a little bit more. But thinking about even Melissa, you just mentioned, like, okay, yeah, come and and check out the where we're gonna have it um, uh, you know, manufacture or what that's even gonna look like. So with cookies, because are you at the beginning, are you making cookies and selling them or are you going straight to market? I mean, I don't know anything about this because it's just to me, I'm like, are you making them in the kitchen? I mean, how did this get started? Because now you guys, and for those of you who are listening and you are new to Melly's, um, they're everywhere. So (laughs) to hear the time frame as to what we're looking at, I'm like, wow, this is a in my opinion, a quick turnaround. But what did it look like? What did that early stage of, I guess it sounds weird to say production, is that the right word? Or, yeah. or
2: baking? Definitely,
1: yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> look like.
2: Melissa, do you want to tell?
1: Yeah. So we, you know- Like I said, we have zero background in this whole industry. So we were learning, as as you say, Emily, we knew nothing. But um, someone said you can either manufacture yourself or find a co-manufacturer. And most food products in the world, I would say, I mean, unless you're a huge, huge company, co-manufacturer. So we found a bakery in Fredericksburg that would take us on as a small company. So we really never did anything, you know, out of our kitchen at farmer's markets. We went straight to a manufacturer and, um, I would hand scoop cookies with him and, you know, package them. And, and we kind of, that's how we started. And so, and you know, we Melissa. we had our own distribution network. Melissa yeah. would call me and say, okay, I've got the cookies. We'd both get
2: on I-35 and I'd, you know, start from Fort Worth, her from Austin. We'd meet in, at a gas station in Waco and give each other a hug and <laughs> hand off cookies. And then we'd drive straight to the stores. Like I had two, two small stores in Fort Worth that were carrying them and Melissa had two stores in Austin that we're carrying. I mean, we, I mean, since we didn't have like a big freezer or anything, we'd just drive them straight to the stores to oh. get the cookies in
0: hand. So. Oh um, my gosh. That is so fun to think about. So how did those relationships with the stores come to be? I know I'm kind of getting to the nitty gritty, but one of the most recent questions from listeners is like, are, are guests following a business plan? Because it sounds like you guys are figuring it out as you go, which I love.
2: Yeah. We really just peddled our wares. And then we, which I just laugh. I'm like, I don't know how, how, how did we do this? But I mean, (laughs) I think we just had this attitude of like, why not us? Like, Mm. why wouldn't we be in every store, every target across the nation? Like we can do this. And so we literally just went, you know, stopped at every you know, little store, but then we literally really leveraged our networks. Mm. Um, I had a contact of a friend who had like a PR contact with Central Market here and she gave me the name and I got to the right buyer and um, I would drive to Dallas, you know, every few weeks and keep updating. Um, we were really fortunate. There was a buyer who'd been there a really long time and she really liked our product, um, but our packaging was really off and so she just really worked with me um to get it you know the labeling and all the uh, what needed to be right the nutritionals and all of that um and she really took a chance on us so central market was our our first big win and we went into all um time maybe there were 11 central markets um which is pretty unusual now normally you just get in like um one like locally but anyway we were able to go into all of them in 2013.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, that's what I was about to say is that usually that the relationships put you in one, but for you guys, you were able to get into 11, but I don't want to miss something that you just said. And I, I'm not going to harp on it for too long, but you just kind of hit me between the eyes with this one, which is you both just felt like, why not us? Why can't we be in every store? And I love what you just said because we're gonna we're gonna share some exciting news that's that's happening with you guys. But why not be in every Target? Why not? Why wouldn't that happen to us? And I want to kind of take some of that, uh, gosh, confidence with me. And listener, I think you should do the same because why not you? Why couldn't it be that your business takes off? Why couldn't it be that your jewelry, uh, you know, takes off or whatever it is that you're trying to step into? So. Oh my gosh, Melissa, that was awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to hear more. So was there a pinch me moment early on with central market? I mean, did you guys go in and see the cookies on the shelves and is this at this time, is this dough in boxes? What, what did it look like early on for you guys to have these in stores?
1: Um, We just went with a clear plastic tub that we put labels on and yes, they, and they were sold in the freezer. So it was a thaw and serve cookie So you just, you know, to put it on your countertop for five minutes and eat it. And yes, it was very pinch me moment. We would take our kids to the store and say, look, they're on the shelf and get really excited and go check on the stock. And I mean, Melissa and I, I still to this day will go into my local HEB and move my product around and make it look pretty when I'm there (laughs) every time.
0: Oh, it's so awesome. It's so fun. Well, okay, so you guys are stepping out and you get this uh relationship with Central Market right off the bat and you move into 11 of them, which is incredible what what did the conversations look like at that point are you guys looking at each other and thinking okay what's next where's the next connect um what did that season of time for the business kind of look like
1: i definitely think we did i mean i remember we thought the next step was heb and i think we just started local you know we started in our own hometowns and then we were thinking texas right and i think that you know as Melissa was saying earlier, we—I mean, I would—we would just drive samples to the main office and drop them off, and had such a strong belief in the product that you know we really were confident that we could get it into stores. But I think at the same time, we both um, had a mentor at the time who said, "Start small and make your mistakes small." So we really stayed local and small for a good year, year and a half, and tried to learn the business because we did not understand distribution and purchase orders and systems. And so I think we, that was very good advice that was given to us that we took to heart.
0: Mm. Yeah. To be able to stay local and to stay small. Of course, that is not the case now, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but it's really interesting because too, um, just thinking about that element of, yeah, start small, make your mistakes small. That's great advice. I I haven't heard. Do you remember? Do you guys remember any of what what those mistakes might have been early on?
1: I mean, there's so many. Emily, <laughs> I'm sure that we've done many things. I, I'll tell you one thing that was kind of a funny story. We on our, our we had a new distributor and we'd never used one before because, as Melissa said, we've been driving cookies around and delivering them with my you know our children in the back seat. <laughs> um, we sent an order and they picked it up and they delivered everything and we never sent an invoice and we got so mad at them and said, why haven't you paid us? What is going on? And they, they said, we do not pay anything without an invoice. I mean, just basic accounting you know, <laughs> silliness, silliness. So, I mean, we made lots of little mistakes, nothing major. And thankfully we've never had any big problems, but just learning the business and how to do it and how to run it well, I think has um, taken years. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, Melissa Mihal, do any more kind of examples come to mind? I love that one of like, wait a second, we never got an invoice. <laughs> I love it.
2: You know, I'm with Melissa. I mean, I think it was just I'm just thinking like the distribution piece is is very complicated and and it grows as you grow. I mean, and that is, you know, always we're always still learning about that. I mean, we were just working through an issue this morning with um, some of our salespeople with that and. I can't think of one. I mean, I laugh. We do have a mistake that we're working on right now that we named um, a product with an ingredient that's kind of a divisive ingredient um, that it doesn't even have in the the ingredients. So we had a cookie named after a nut, and the cookie actually doesn't even contain that nut. And Mm so we're like, why is this not selling as well? But we're laughing. We're like, well, it just, it's, we tried to be cute with the names and we're like, you just need to be straightforward with the consumer and tell them <laughs> what is in there. So anyway, we're currently working on that, that we've just renamed um, one of our, you know, loved flavors to be just really literal with, with the naming of, of things. So
0: Oh my gosh. Well, every single entity, there's so many different levels that you guys have stepped into and realizing. And even, I mean, you guys just gave great examples from business and then also on the marketing side. So this is really fun. So tell us a little bit at this time, you guys are in central market. What was the next big push or what was the next big win for you all moving forward with distribution? But also at this point, I'm so curious, Do you have a website or is, you know, when does the website come into play? Are you taking orders online at all? What did that kind of look like as well? Yeah, we
2: definitely have not. Our focus has been on brick and mortar retail really um, for the, you know, the majority of our um, time of business. We have begun focusing in the last year and a half, two years on our D2C business, but we, um, as we'll tell you later, we have some exciting news that we think is really going to grow that D2C business. But for now... And in the past, it's just been um, the brick and mortar retailers. And we went to, after Central Market, we went to, um, got into HEB. um, And that was also just dropping samples on their doorstep kind of thing also. And then um, the next big thing that happened for us is we attended a food show in New York called Uh um, the Specialty Uh Food Show, which um, in this, you know, specialty food, you know, more natural channels, these food shows um, prior pandemic um were really a huge part of our business and it's a time for you to get together and to see your buyers meet new buyers meet other brands um just really collaborate and they've been fantastic for us in the years um past and we went to specialty food in new york um And we happened chance met a Walmart buyer and it wasn't even the right buyer. It was not the cookie buyer, Uh, but uh, we just really connected with her. She was darling. She was from Arkansas and um, she took our stuff, um, our cookies back to Bentonville and took them to the right buyer and darned if we didn't get a phone call to get on a plane to go to Bentonville. I mean, it was amazing. And that Melissa and I were saying that is probably one of our biggest aha moments is Um, I mean, we went the first week in December to Bentonville and, um, first of all, Bentonville is just beautiful and a charming town with wonderful people. It was all lit up for Christmas and, um, we went and visited Sam Walton's office and went to the, you know, the five and dime, the general store that he first started. And then I just remember us sitting in the waiting room at Walmart waiting for our meeting and, I mean, I, we just were so nervous and so excited. We were kind of like offhandedly trying to take pictures of each other, because we didn't <laughs> each other. But we're like, this is so cool that we're in the Walmart, you know, head buying office. It was hilarious. And then we walked into our meeting and we had a great buyer. Her name was Katie Smith. And she just said, that "This you'll like this. She said, um, the first two things that I'm needing is, and I'm looking for, are you women-owned? And we said, we're 100% women-owned she said, are you USA made? And we said, yes, ma'am. And so she said, okay, let's do this. And so we figured it out with her um, from there. And that that was huge um, in the growth for Mellie's.
0: I am thinking about you guys in that meeting. And like, I mean, for anyone listening, if you have a product, Walmart would be, I mean, that would be one of the top on my list. I would be like, are you serious this is crazy so i am like loving thinking about you guys being there and just like take a pic take a pic and and how exciting that would be and even for it to be christmas time i mean it, that that just sounds like a moment that you guys are really able to take it in best friends for life as well to be doing this together i'm i'm like oh my gosh now now tell me this because i i just had a thought about what my husband would be thinking when i tell him
1: we're going to be in Walmart.
0: What was the response like from your families?
1: Oh, I mean, they were thrilled. It's so exciting. It's just, you know, the retail giant, and they said yes. So, I mean, everyone was super excited.
2: Oh, yeah. We have had wonderful husbands. You know, oh, by the way, with this whole um, thing, they have been our supporters, our cheerleaders. They've been the babysitters um, because <laughs> prior to the pandemic, we really were traveling a ton. Um, because a lot of this requires, you know, it was in-person meetings, and it would be literally you get a 20-minute meeting, but you would travel a day or a day and a half just to get there, whether it's, um, you know, Minneapolis for Target or um, Michigan for um, Meyer was that. And then we would travel to Kroger headquarters. I mean, we're just, we were traveling a ton um, prior to all of this. So, And our husbands just cheer us along the way. So it's been, we're very, very blessed.
1: Well, and Emily, you said something interesting, I think is so important. that Melissa and I talk about so much. I mean, first of all, I don't know if we'd still be doing this if we weren't doing it together, but mm. it's, I don't think we understood what a gift it was for our friendship to do this business together. And we're like, we get to travel together. We get to have all these adventures. We have mm. inside jokes. We, I mean, it is a lifelong adventure that I don't think we understood when we started would be so special. So that has been really fun to do it with. Well, her. and we
2: always laugh. We're like, you better come back. Like, I'm not doing this without you. I promise you, I am not doing this without you. Because, uh, I mean, that's, we also laugh, like, with the food shows and stuff, especially, I mean, at the beginning, we're, I mean, we're building booths. We're on the floor, you know, <laughs> hammering things together, borrowing people's tools and, we just laugh. We look at each other. We're like, no one else would do this. Like people would not believe the junk that we have to do. And, but we're just (laughs) like, I mean, we just get in there and build
0: our booth and sell our cookies. I mean, we ex- it, it's amazing. The examples that you're giving and the nitty gritty of what you guys have done together, we're only going to be able to get to the very like surface of it today. But even there, I'm thinking of you guys, like you said, building a booth, setting it up, being at these trade shows. And, and tell me this, because I always find it so interesting. So many different experts have come on the podcast, you guys included. I would con- definitely consider you guys experts in this space. And very much, I mean, gosh, every single turn, you've learned something. Did you guys know, because you just said something to me I don't know if I've ever thought of, did you guys know about natural food shows before you started this company?
1: <laughs> oh, no, definitely. I, I mean, I always tell people, we never thought we'd know so much about the grocery and food industry. <laughs> you, know, you think, I'm just going to go sell cookies, and now we know a lot. So no, we had no idea about any of that, really.
2: Yeah. And then I'm thinking, I'm just thinking along our timeline- our next really big thing that happened, and um, I believe it was 2017, HEB came to us and said, We're the buyer said, I'm, my wife and I are obsessed with your cookies, and we're looking for some innovative, modern brands for our dry cookie mix aisle.' And would Mellie's make a cookie mix for wow. HEB? And so we said, Sure, but you know, um, we don't know how to do that. I mean, you know, manufacture and all of that. And so HEB partnered with us um, in. Making Melly's mixes, and so we were exclusive to HEB for a year, and then we were able to sell in to Walmart, Kroger, and Target nationwide. So that is another just that all hit in the fall of 2019 that we expanded in with the dry mixes, and that's really really changed our business um, because that be having a shelf stable product is um, just so much better for um, you know for consumers, and um, it really in a way that we had no idea when we said yes to H-E-B. And thankfully um, they changed kind of the course of where we were going. Don't you agree, Melissa?
1: Yeah. And I think it's an important point. What you're saying is we didn't really, we knew how to make cookies, but we knew nothing about how to convert that to a dry mix. And, you know, I think along the way, Melissa and I've always just said yes and help us figure it out. You Mm -hmm. know, we may not know what to do. We may not know the exact next steps, but yes, we want to keep growing. We want to keep innovating and, you know, grow the company.
0: Well, and it's such an interesting po- – because, oh my gosh, yeah, beyond. I mean, you guys are – you were already everywhere, but now we've got these dry ma- mixes on the shelf. I have one in my pantry right now, and that was also one that I fully ate as a cookie dough with my husband, by the way. It wasn't just me. Um, <laughs> but but to think about – and I love, love, love this example that you guys are stepping into. And one of the h- biggest takeaways that I have right now from our conversation is get, get started with what you know. And then that might not have even been on your radar. It may have been, you guys may have thought like, oh, well at some point let's do dry mixes, but no, you, really... no. no, see th- mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool. I think about stepping out <laughs> you're like, no, i not really, but I think that's what's so cool about stepping out. Okay. Starting a product, uh, proving your product in the market. And then it's amazing to me that someone would come to you guys and say, Hey, can you make this for us? And like you just said, Melissa, uh, yes, we will. And then behind the scenes, what did the behind the scenes look like of figuring out this dry mix situation?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, Melissa Mihal is so good. She told the buyer, yeah, we can do that, but you're going to have to help us. And so he really helped us with manufacturers and and packaging. And so she was very much not afraid to say to the buyer, yeah, we would love to, but we really need your help. And wow. so I think that was key.
0: Well, and two, for you guys to be, and I love that you just said that because I think some people would say, okay, at, like I just kind of gave the example, yeah, sounds good. See you later. Bye. And then run scared, you know, thinking, how are we going to figure this out? But I love, Melissa, that you were able to say, absolutely. And we love this idea and we want to partner with you in this. Was there any fear of showing that card and having them say, "Oh, never mind"? Or was the relationship sto- so established that you felt comfortable doing that? Because I think some people, it, well, and honestly, thinking about myself, I might actually be one to be like, "Okay, sounds goodbye," and try to go figure it out. So, what what did that look like for you to yeah, have the confidence I, to say that?
2: Yeah, I think there is a part of me. Um, that just really believes in transparency with things and like honest, you know, old age, you know, honesty is the best policy. And I mean, you're not going to fool, they know what they're doing. We couldn't fool them that we would know what we were doing. Mm. So um, I think it's the, the diligent, you know, direct lawyer in me <laughs> that yes. was like, yeah, we'd love to take on that opportunity, but we don't know how to do it. So um, that, no, we weren't scared. I mean, he, he, we felt like he loved our product and he would do well with it. And we trusted H-E-B. I mean, they're such a leader in the industry. Um, and we just followed along and it was really, I mean, to be honest, if, if every, if every store could come to me I want and then help me with manufacturing, I'd sign up every day. I mean, it was a very, <laughs> actually very easy, straightforward process because H-E-B is such a powerhouse and they had the connections to make it happen. So we were, that was definitely, um, a very, a a good, a good blessing for us.
0: Well, and for that to happen, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was actually in 2019. Is that right? Yes.
2: Yes. It was very, and that was what was beautiful. I mean, is that we went, yeah, went into stores the fall of 2019. And um, then, you know, unfortunately the pandemic happened, but the goodness in that is that Mellie's was there. So we were in Walmart targets and Kroger's nationwide. And when the other, um, you know, Betty Crocker and Pillsbury's uh, were out of stock. Mellie's wasn't. So mm-hmm. it was really, um, you know, that was one little light that came that um, people were able to discover and try Melly's um, during those hard times.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, and it just gave everybody a great opportunity. As we know, people were baking and eating cookies and, you know, staying at home. So we were just thrilled to be a part of that.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it is. It's so fun to think about just the growth that you guys have seen even in the last year. And to think of the timing, that's pretty amazing that they would be out on the shelves in 2019. Of course, we're recording now in 2021, but for that to be set up for success and to be able to move forward in that is really cool. Now I want to, I want to pivot just a little bit because I'm thinking about how much I love your brand and your branding. And you both mentioned a little bit of like, oh yeah, we, we had a sticker on at the beginning and we, we had to rebrand here or you know, we had these different things kind of coming up. What did it look like to step into, because you guys, we're going to give you a chance to connect with Melissa and Melissa, but their Instagram is amazing. I love what you guys are doing. It's so creative. It's so fun. Um, what did, it look like to i guess i mean at this point surely you've got a marketing team What does your team look like we've been talking a lot about the the growth of production but gosh you've got all kinds of other entities that you guys are needing to to share and i'm kind of honing in on the marketing side of things but what did that look like to grow that side of the team and what was that like
2: Well, and Emily, something that's so important, I think what you're pointing out is that, you know, you got to have a great product, but a great product is nothing if people don't know about it and don't know where to find it and don't know who we are. And so that is always our, we always say our, our struggle is we get a big win of a, of a retailer saying they'll take us in. And then I wake up the next morning in cold sweats thinking, how is it going to get off the shelf? Like (laughs) how is anyone going to know who Mellie's is? Mm -hmm. And so we have definitely put a ton of energy um, towards the marketing and are continuing to do so um, and just ramp it up even bigger. Melissa, do you want to tell them kind of what our back what it looks yeah, like? Yeah,
1: I mean, we I think I would say I mean, uh, had different people yeah. on our team at different times, but we recently just hired a marketing agency who works primarily on um, consumer product goods. Oh wow! And they're out of Austin, and I think it'll be great because they're seeing what's going on in the market and they know kind of the trends and what's happening. And we just think that. Having multiple people on our, you know, for Mellie's will help just be more creative and innovative and, you know, help us just push our brand even further to more people to, you know, and really help us better explain who we are as a brand, why we do what we're doing. We're not just trying to sell cookies. We're trying to sell a great product that's better for you and a great for your family and, you know, just helping people understand kind of the pillars of our brand and our story.
2: And at the end of the day, people want to buy Products from people that they that they like or connect with, and yeah. um, you know, we, as Melissa said, we've really been working on our brand pillars and and what that means. And for Mellie's, it really comes down to you know a recipe that was shared from to Melissa, and then a friendship that we share and have shared for our lives. And now we're sharing that love and that recipe with you know with the world. And so we're really trying to do a better job of trying to connect the dots of. Um, of you know kind of the the voice um of of who Millie's is too
0: oh well it's so cool to be able to share a little bit of the behind the scenes of that that family recipe best friends from life from the very beginning of life at eight years old I mean it's incredible to kind of think about all that you both have done together well, I would love to know, and we've kind of touched on this, we've shared a few stories, but perhaps there's a specific one that comes to mind for for both of you. Could you share what was a real wow moment for you throughout all of what you've done with Mellie's?
1: It's funny, Emily, because I think that in my brain, for I, and we kind of already touched on it, I mean, I think being in Bentonville and going to the Walmart headquarters and seeing I think at the end of the day this going to the Sam Walton Museum five and dime store. Wow. The wow moment was that started with, you know, him and believing in himself and and he has a little keychain that was on his Ford car that's in a little museum case and it says go for it. Uh, and Melissa and I always say that to each other. And I just think the wow moment was, wow, we're really building a company and it's exciting and it's, you know, fun and you know it's it's challenging. I think there's so many great things about it, and some days are hard, and others days aren't. But I just think, in the end of the day, we're ex- it's exciting to build a company and just know that so many people in America, right, for years, have been doing this, and we just get to be a part of that history.
2: And I think you know the other wow well moments are just also being in those. Um... I mean, who doesn't love Target? I, I love Target, <laughs> and so when we first got to go to Minneapolis into the Target headquarters, and it's it's beautiful, and it's just everything you would think it would be, and um and then you know for us to be doing well in those stores is also just a really aha moment too because you're like I thought I, you know I had a hunch that those you know Target guests would like Mellie's, and I was right, you know mm-hmm. they 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 love them and. Um, that is just such a really, you know, confirming thing. Um, because there's a lot of days that are doubtful for sure. And like, what are we doing? And you know, it's a lot about the hustle. And I think that's the entrepreneur in us. I mean, I was recently talking to a family member and she said, I really can't believe like I just can't believe you still do all that, you know. And I mean, she was like, I'm very impressed by, you know, your tenaciousness. And I said, must be something crazy, and Melissa and I, but it, I just think it's that entrepreneurial spirit that we, we like the hustle. We like the challenge. We like the win. And, you know, not, I don't think everyone's wired that way, but um, somehow we are and we get to do it together. So it's um, it's really, really, really fun.
0: Well, and what what I've found, and it's really interesting because anytime I have a guest on, I'm so encouraged and I'm totally relating to what you just said. And and like you said, it's like, okay, maybe it's not necessarily that everyone has this same drive, but for you guys to be best friends for life, to feel that way and to be able to, to, to have that kind of personality, to have that kind of drive together is so fun. But two, when you really step back and look at what you've built- I mean, I I hope that you guys get off this call and you're just like, okay, this is cool. Like we did, we really did do something because- to think about. And again, you guys, we're going to share here in a moment what they have coming up, which stay tuned. It's it's amazing. Um, but for you guys to be able to look at each other, best friends, I mean, I'm so encouraged by your story. And I know that many of my listeners, they do have that same drive. So many listeners are going to be hearing this and they're going to be like, absolutely, could not agree more. There's something in that entrepreneur spirit that's like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep trying. And for you to be able to look back and to say, well, we got in this story and look where we are now and look where we've Again, and we were driving up and down I seventy five or I thirty five, whatever it was, and and sharing those treats. It's like that's incredible to think of where you guys have come, and really just that one foot in front of the other, figuring it out as you go. As Melissa Blue you said, oh my gosh. Well, I, I do have a I have a little bit of a loaded question. I always like to warn guests that that this is a little loaded, but I really would love to know if you could share with us what is perhaps the greatest lesson. That you have learned. This can be life, business. What What would you say that would be?
1: Well, you first. Well, yeah, me... <laughs> like... um,
0: I would say,
2: um, you, what you just said kind of resonated. And I always say we we don't take no well. Mm. So we we say you know there we don't we don't accept the no. Mm. We say okay, well, there's another way around it or another chance or. Um, And I think that that has really gotten us really, really far is that if, if one way doesn't work out, then we're like, we'll find a different way to make that work. And if this doesn't, you know, this store says no, we'll say, well, then we'll be back in six months to ask you again. Or,
1: Mm. you know, um,
2: I mean, we just had something happen the other day where we had some packaging deadlines um, that we were running up against. And um, Melissa was working so, so hard on it and doing a great job. And I was a little bit removed from it, Um, but then I came in and realized that it was, we really needed, you know, to work, to work it out. And I, from a 360 view, was able to say, okay, this is who we need to call. We've got to go ahead of her, you know, above and get it done. And I think, you know, that is just a lesson is that a hundred percent, two minds are better than one End Mm. end of day, end of story. We always say that. And we're like, you know, because when you're working out a problem, you can be so in the middle of it that you can't, you can't even, you know, you're too in it to, to really. And so that's why we always, um, always say that, gosh, two minds are better than one for us, um, for this business.
1: And I would say the greatest lesson for me just in running this and, you know, being with Melissa, she's taught me honestly, but I think it's just been a good lesson, especially during this COVID situation is, um, over-communicating with your employees, with your vendors, with your suppliers, with I mean, whoever it is, just in, in very clear communication and having integrity and being gracious and having all those you know, qualities will just help you along the way. And that's obviously in life and business, right? Is just keeping yeah. communication open and just always being as clear and honest as, you know, always being well, honest.
2: And one of our mentors always says, I thought about this last night, he always says that, um, Honey attracts more flies than vinegar. Mm. And um, it it's true you know even in, in hard moments when we're having difficulties with manufacturing or production or whatever, we just always try to um, you know say thank you at the end and remain calm and um, you know be firm with <laughs> what we need, but always remain um, kindness.
0: So many good great, I'll say wisdom there. I always have, uh, well, not always, but often in conversations, I'll say kind of, okay, pause and rewind. And then often I'll say, okay, you guys, if you take notes, well, I'm going to say this. How about you pause and rewind, go get a pen, go get paper, and, and think a little bit about what both Melissa and Melissa just shared, because Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm literally going to stop and rewind later on and listen back because all of that insight and wisdom is so encouraging to me. And I know, listener, it is for you as well. Well, you guys, I've been sharing this quite a bit and I've kind of teased it, but I know a lot of fun stuff is coming up for you guys. And I'd love to ask, what's next for you?
1: Well, we are excited. We have two things. I'll talk about the new product, and Melissa can talk about our branding. But we ha- are launching a new mini, like a tiny little mini-bite cookie that is shelf-stable. So it will be your your favorite go-to treat slash snack. So we are launching that this fall and are just really excited about the possibility. We're going to have it online and hopefully in stores soon. Um, so we're just excited about the um, future of the Mellie's mini-cookie.
2: Yes, Mellie's Minis. So we're bringing the wonderful recipe that everyone loves. It's eaten for ages and making it in a more convenient form um, where you can take it along with you and um, enjoy it on the go or wherever. And we've laughed. We've brought it to several different occasions and to, you know, with friends and family. And, I mean, there were some sitting on the counter the other day, and my husband just ate, like, six in front of me. <laughs> and I was like, he doesn't really eat cookies. I'm like, do you really just ate six of those? And he was like, they're just- great size and you can just, you know, and there's like some mind game to it. I think with the whole mini situation that you're like, Oh, I just had three. It wasn't a whole cookie, you know? So we're really excited and we really feel like that is the future. Um, be even beyond, you know, our beloved dry mixes, is, um, the shell stable mini cookie is going to be the rock star for Melly's, um, in the years to come. So we're really excited about that. And then as Melissa said, um, we have done a new packaging and branding, um, exercise um over the last four months we had never used anyone professional to create all of our graphics and um it it wasn't an agency that did it it was just kind of friends and you know favors kind of thing and we realized we did an accelerator this past um fall called skew um it was the skew dfw out of austin and dallas but Um,
1: I think we just realized how important important it is that that a consumer has three seconds when they're walking down the aisle to look at your brand. And we just wanted to update and make it fresh and really reflect the personality of our brand. So we hired a fantastic firm and they have just completed all of that. And that is rolling out in September as well. So we're really, really excited and hope that the consumer really resonates with the new look and um, feel of our packaging.
2: Yes. And with the packaging that they will, it will be debuting in Target stores um, in September. So that is what we're in the dry mix aisle. Um, We are expanding our footprint and targets across the nation and they're getting to um, see our new look. And then it will just continue to roll out um, across this fall to all of our retailers.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, if you guys are listening to this after September 2021 or maybe maybe you're listening now um, hello, head to target, head to target, listen to this episode. You guys take a picture with the product. Oh gosh. Even do so in target. That would be so fun to see everybody in target taking a photo. And of course tag us, tag Melissa, um, and be sure to check that out. That's so exciting. You guys, I'm so happy for you. That's going to be amazing. Well, I'd love to ask, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to?
1: Well, I just wanted to say, I'm sitting here thinking about us talking and, um, I just want to say thank you, Emily, for doing this podcast, because as you said, people learn. And I think the number one thing Melissa and I have experienced over the last 10 years was just other people in the industry listening to their story, getting advice. We listen to your podcast. We listen to other podcasts. And I think just the ability to hear other people's stories and learn from them is just so encouraging. And it helps you know, us keep going. So we're happy to be a part of it, but we're just so thankful for people like you doing this kind of thing, because it really is so encouraging to so many people trying to start businesses and run companies.
0: Oh. So sweet. Well, thank you, Melissa. It's it's so much fun and it's a little bit of a selfish endeavor because now if I ever want to go into food, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go listen to the Mellie's episode and I'm going to figure it out. So I love it and I know that my listeners do as well. Well, that that kind of ties in with with my one of my last thoughts with, uh, you know, HSDT. It, it's amazing to see the growth. It's amazing to share the growth of other businesses. One of my favorite ways to do so is just continuing to network, continuing to meet new women. I'd love to know who do you guys Know that should maybe come on and share their HSDT story.
2: Well, we have so many wonderful friends in this industry, um, but Melissa and I were talking. I have a dear friend um, named Paige Casey, and she owns a children's pajama wear line, oh. um, or co-founded it. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's based in Fort Worth, but it's nationwide everywhere, and just wonderful. Oh. Um, so I hadn't even told Paige that I was thinking about her, but I think she would be great on here. Oh.
0: Fantastic. Well, you all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with Paige. I love it. Well, you guys, we have teased this a little bit, and I'm sure many of you have already found Mellie's on social and online, and perhaps you're running to Target right now. (laughs) Uh, But you guys, where can listeners best connect with you?
1: So our website is melliescookies.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We, we read all of our direct messages and um, are happy to connect with anyone through social media.
2: Yes. And our Instagram handle is Melly's Monster Cookies. Oh,
0: love it. You guys run over there. You're going to love getting to know Melissa and Melissa continuing into all that they have to come. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode.
1: Well, Thank you for having us. This was so fun. It was so much fun and just a joy.
2: So thank you very much for, um, for having us.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon.